Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Psalms 127 tonight, Psalms 127, and um, I want to read you this chapter tonight, and I'm going to, um, with the help of the Lord, I'm going to teach to you more tonight than I am preach to you, and um, uh, maybe we can learn something out of here. Psalms 127, let's stand in honor in reverence to the reading of God's Word. Psalms 127, the Bible said this, Boy, I'd invite you to underline this verse if you don't have it underlined. The Bible said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat of the bread of sorrow, for so he giveth... His beloved sleep. Bible said in verse number three, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand, uh, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath its quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Note again in verse number one: Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Verse three said, "Lo, children." Children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Father, help us tonight as we look at Your Word. I pray, God, that we get understanding from it, Lord. I pray, God, that You'd help Your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I started last week on the home, and I want to continue that again tonight, preaching on the home. The Bible said this, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And um, we're going to talk about the home and guardians of God's heritage tonight. Guardians of God's heritage tonight. Um, the Bible said, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. I read some things and I want to share them with you tonight. Children are greatly neglected in our society today in so many cases. Here's what I found out. 24 million children in America, one out of every three, live in a home without a father. 40% of all babies born in the United States in 2011 were born to unmarried mothers. 40% of them. Goes on to say this, as many children are being cared for by grandparents as are being, or, or as are by single dads today in America. I went on to read an article titled, There is no longer any such thing as a typical family in Time magazine. Now just think about the statement, there is no longer any such thing as a typical family. 
Time Magazine went so far as to suggest pretty much everyone agrees that the era, the era of a nuclear family with, with a dad who went to work and a mom who stayed at home has declined to the point of no return. I went on to read some things and here's what I found out. Today's churches are seeing many young people and many young adults as high as 70% leave the faith of their parents. Too often a Christian heritage is not passed down from one generation to the next generation. Here's the reason why so many young adults are walking away from a Christian faith. I've thought to myself, and, and uh, um, there's several books that deals with that. Ken Ham put one out that deals with that. But I thought to myself, you know, where are we missing it at? Why do we have so many that is leaving today? And, uh, man, I think a lot of times, and don't nobody get upset with me right here. Please don't. Uh, but a lot of times I'm afraid that they see the hypocritical actions uh, of a mom and a daddy. A mom and daddy come to church and act one way uh, and then act a complete different way whenever they get home. Man, boy, that's wrong tonight. Somebody give me an amen right there. Now, not every time is it a parent's fault. A child has their own will uh, and they can walk away at a young adult and there's really nothing the parent can do about that if they're not living in their home. If they're living in their home, I do believe there's still something the parent can do about that. Uh, but if they're not living in their home, uh, uh, there's nothing they can do about it. I think another reason that we see that lot is because so many churches don't give that young adult a chance to serve God in their local church. One thing that I began doing over the past couple years, and I'm sure you've noticed this, but those young adults in our church that we have saw grow up and, and they've matured here, they've got saved here, now they're grown and beginning a life of their own, man, we're beginning to put them in places of service because we need them today. They need to know know that there is a place for them to serve down at the house of God. Amen. Those of us who are parents have been entrusted by God to care for our children, to bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord according to Ephesians chapter number 6. And God has given us the resources we need to make this happen. He has given His Word to guide us and He has given His grace to enable us. And uh, I believe that you'll give me an amen right here if you're raising teenagers. Uh, you need the grace of God um, in the days of raising teenagers. Uh, and you need the guidance of God. And He has given us that through His Word tonight. No matter what your home situation is, God wants to be the guardian of your home. He also wants to help you as you strive to be the guardian of your children children and his heritage. Our children are truly a gift from God and we must remember that as we strive to be guardians over his heritage that he is the one that blessed us with the children. 
You say, well, no, I'm the reason that I have a child. No, the reason you have a child is because God enabled you to be able to do that. There's a lot of people today that is not able to have children. But God, if you're a parent here tonight, God enabled you to be able to have a child. God blessed you with that child. Now, it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to raise that child in the attitude admonition of the word of God. Note three things with me tonight and I'll be done. Number one, note this, the gift of a child. The gift of a child. Here's what the Bible said in Psalms 127 verse number three. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You heard me right and you heard the word of God right. Children are a gift from God. God blessed us with that. Boy, I sure am thankful for the three that God blessed me with, Madeline and Olivia and Victoria. Man, I am thankful that God blessed me with those children. And we've got to remember that that gift of a child is from God. Think about this with me tonight. Children are the possessions of the Lord. If we're going to raise our children right, we must remember that our children are the possession of the Lord. As parents, we dream for our kids. We want them to be successful, recognized, happy. And if you're like me, you even want them to be wealthy so they can take care of you one day. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, I told Madeline, I said, you need to go on and be a doctor. And I told Olivia, I said, you need to go on and be a veterinarian. Uh, and I told Victoria, she needs to be a billionaire businesswoman. Uh, and they can buy daddy a nice bass boat. Uh, and buy mama a Corvette. And buy us a place on the lake. Uh, and we'll live happily ever after on their wealth. We have goals for our children. We want our children to be successful. If you don't want your child to be successful, something's wrong with you. We want our children to be successful. But God dreams for our kids also. God has goals. Somebody give me an amen right there. God has goals for our children also. Listen to what the Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. He said, Jeremiah, before you was ever formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan for your life. And you know what today is we look at these young people sitting around here and boy God's blessed us with some great young people uh, but before they was ever formed in their mother's womb uh, God had uh, a plan for their life. I thought about this tonight. Your job is not so much to make sure your kids uh, have worldly success. It is to steward these gifts of God bringing them up uh, bringing them up for the Lord in the ways the Lord wants them to be and the things that God wants them to do. Sure, I have goals for my children, but first and foremost, the goal for our children should be that they live a life pleasing to God and their life is centered around God. The goal for my children is that they marry a good godly man one day because all three of them's girls and they're supposed to marry a boy. Somebody say amen right there. And you know what? It's 
it's all right. It's all right when girls look at boys and boys looks at girls. You, you boys walking around here, it's all right that you're looking at the girls walking around here. And you girls, it's okay. You know, sometimes boys, they try to be cool. And, oh, I don't like girls. If you don't, something's wrong with you. Somebody holler amen right there. It's all right. And our goal should be, the goal for my children first and foremost is that they, they get saved. Somebody say amen right there. But they live a life pleasing to God and they marry the man that God wants them to marry. Not the man that I want them to marry. I think that I'll be all right with it. Somebody say amen right there. But it's the man that God wants them to marry. I thought about this. This doesn't mean that our goal for our children should be that each one of them be a preacher or a missionary because that is not God's goal for every child. It does mean that our goal is that each child in our home follow God's purpose for his or her life. That we raise them to honor God and to serve him in whatever capacity that he sees fit to call them to. Raising our children for the Lord is more than a sobering responsibility. It is both a responsibility and a privilege wrapped together. Our Children are not only God's possessions, but also His gifts to us to raise them for Him. So think about this, children, as we think about it tonight, children are the possessions of the Lord, but children are a gift from the Lord. And I've already stated this, but let me say a little more about it. In fact, many insist that a child inside his mother's womb does not even qualify as a human being today. But I'll say this to you, child, its life begins at conception, and children are a gift from the Lord. Lord at conception from that day forward. Amen. Number one, they're a gift from God. So I see that, number one. Number two tonight, not only see the gift of a child, but I want you to see this tonight. The guardianship of a child. The guardianship of a child. I thought about this. How are we as guardians of God's heritage to protect our children? It's our responsibility. Can I say something like these kids are, hey look, you know what my great grandkids heritage is? It's what we're raising our kids today to be. Are you hearing me tonight? It's what we're raising, the guardianship of our child. Psalms 127 verse number 1 said this to us tonight. Except the Lord build the house, the labor, they labor in vain. Except the Lord build it. When it comes to building your home, you cannot afford to trust your own intuition. Your best intentions are most and most careful efforts are not enough to build a home that will last. Listen to me tonight. Storms will come. Winds will blow. Unexpected temptations, disappointments, marital strain, teenage rebellion, health crisis, all kinds of troubles that surprise us, confuse us, and overwhelm us will come in our life. That's the reason we must go back, hear me tonight, except the Lord build the house, except the guardianship of a child, except the Lord do it, except the Lord do it. We must build on a foundation that is storm proof. 
we must build on a foundation that is storm proof. You said, preacher, what do you mean by that? The foundation is what everything rests on. If the foundation of this building's not right, you know what's going to happen? It's going to crumble. Uh, we was up here one night, and man, I'm telling you, there's a storm blowed in out of nowhere, and uh, it was a raining, and it was a pouring, and I thought the doors was going to fly open, and uh, uh, Brother Caleb, Miss Caitlin, I think Dylan was here, several of us here, and uh, we decided that we was going to go get back in that corner right there, uh, and he said, uh, Brother Caleb said this, he said, we built those walls, uh, I'll know they'll be all right. But you know what, I understand what he was saying. We can build a wall any way we want to build it. But Brother Bailey, if the foundation is not right, you know what's going to happen to that wall? Uh, when the storms hit, it's going to crumble because the foundation's going to crumble. The guardianship of our child is this. Uh, it's not what we are. Uh, it's who he is. And we must base everything in our home off of him and allow him to be the foundation of it. I, I thought about this tonight. We must build on a foundation that is stormproof. Jesus Christ himself identified this foundation for us in his word in Matthew chapter number 7 when he deals with himself. Let me show you a couple of things. His protection for our marriage tonight. How do we build a, par, a proper guardianship? How do we build a proper foundation tonight? There's his protection for our marriage. The Bible said this in Genesis chapter number 2 verse number 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. We go on to read in chapter number 2, verse 22 through 24, how God put Adam to sleep and took a rib from his side. Uh, one writer said this and said that man's had a pain in his side ever since uh, when he made a woman. I don't agree with him on that. He took woman from Adam's side and he formed her out of the dust of the ground for us as a husband to have a help me. I want you to hear me tonight. There's brother Stan, there's no way I could raise my girls the way they need to be raised by myself. There's no way. You say, well, what if your wife walked off from you tonight? There's no way I could raise them by, I'd, I'd just have to lock her up in the house and throw away the key, I guess. There's no way God give us a help me tonight, men. Your wife is not your enemy tonight. Uh, uh, she is your help me. You say, well, she's, she's a little crazy every once in a while. Well, you know what? If I lived with you, I'd probably be a little crazy every once in a while too. That's your key to say amen, women. Mine's a little crazy every once in a while. It's bad when she gets a little crazy and Madeline gets a little crazy and Olivia gets a little crazy and Victoria gets a little crazy and Popo gets a little crazy and Bubbles gets a little crazy. Are you with You know what I do? I go out to the lot with the Billy Goat Cole and me and him just sit there and talk about all the women being crazy. We all a little crazy every once in a while. But God gave us his protection in our marriage. God gave us a help me to help us raise our family. As you seek to raise your children, you cannot honor God if you're neglecting your relationship with your spouse tonight. If you're his protection in marriage. Let me say this. We need his protection for our children tonight. His protection for our children tonight. Even as a 
physical house guards us from the elements of weather, so the home you provide for your children is to guard their hearts and their minds, providing physical, emotional, and spiritual protection as they mature in life. It's up to us as parents. It's up, are you hearing me? It's up to us as parents to protect our children from some things. Some have said this, well, you know what? If you make them live a sheltered life, uh, they'll never be right. You're exactly right. They'll never be right in what this world thinks is right, but will they be right in God's eyes? I've been accused of this so many times. You shelter your children from too much. I don't know that there's a such thing as sheltering your children too much. You say they're going to go buck wild whenever they get old enough to. Well, you know what? Madeline may kick out tonight and leave home tonight. But as of right now, she's fixing to turn 20. She still lives at home. She's still at home at 11 o'clock. She's still, oh, you say, well, Barker, you're just, you're just way out there. She's still going to wear the things that's modest and adorns the Lord. And if she comes up and something's not right that I think scripturally is wrong, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to her and I'm going to say, Madeline, let's think about what the Word of God says. Is this adorning ourselves in modest apparel? Because that's what the Bible says. You say, well, preacher, they've got to have a time. They've got to have a time to get out on their own and to sow the, no, you're wrong. God never give me children for children to train me. Amen. God never give me children for children to train me. God gave me children so I can train them. And it is our place to build a hedge of protection for our children. Uh, this hedge of protection must come from a foundational and, and scriptural, the foundation must be on scriptural truth. Let me say something about the foundation, not only of scriptural truth, but the foundation of loving acceptance. Your kids long to know that they are loved by you. If, if you can't tell me the last time you told your kid you loved them, something is wrong. They need to know that you love them. Somebody holler amen tonight. Your kids need to know that you love them tonight. I thought about this. I'm going to skip through some of this. Uh, they need to have the pillar or the foundation of a time and nurture. Uh, one person said, here's the way a kid spells the word love. T-I-M-E. It's by the time that you spend with them. You say, well, preacher, my life is too busy. Preacher, my life's too... I don't have time to talk to my children. I don't have time to sit down and, 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 and watch. What's that, that, what's that kick that Victoria's on? Bluey. Bluey. Whatever Bluey is. I can quote all the Blueys from the past three or four days. And you say, why? Because that's what she likes to watch right now. You say, well, I think there's something wrong with TV. Well, there's something wrong with anything if you dig deep enough into it. There has to be a hedge built there. There has to be some accountability. I, Brother Joe, some people disagree with me right here. And the reason I said Brother Joe is because I know you don't disagree with me right here. My children don't have uh, TVs in their room. 
You say, why? Here's the reason why. Their minds are susceptible to so many things and I'm just not going to turn them loose with 900 channels that got, that's got only God knows what's on it in the middle of the night when they can't sleep. But you want me to tell you what I can do? I can take time in the afternoons and sit down and watch Andy Griffith with them. I can sit down on a Sunday afternoon even though I've seen every episode 437 and a half times because the half was the half today that I watched and watched the Virginian with Olivia and she loves westerns, man. She can tell you about John Wayne and, and Bonanza and was it Hoss that you thought was so good looking? No, it wasn't Hoss. It's one of them that she thought was so good looking. And, and, and we can tell you about every episode of Emergency Anybody know what I'm talking about? Emergency. Man, it was great. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? The pillar of the time and nurture, they need our time. Our kids, you say, well, my job's too demanding. When your kids are grown and gone and has nothing to do with you, I can't tell you the men. I can't tell you, and I would never call their names, but I can't tell you the number of men that is set in my office behind closed doors with tears running down their face and said, Preacher, I would give anything to go back when my kids was little and made more time when my kids, our kids need that. I thought about this. Here's another pillar that they need. I love and admonition. They need to know that. Here's another pillar that they need, a rooftop of biblical authority. Why do we not do the things that we do in our house? Because it's contrary to the Word of God. If it's, hey, look, if it's not based on the Bible tonight, I'm preaching real good whether you want to accept it or not. If it's not based on the Word of God tonight, you say, well, I preach, I think that'll be all right. Well, what does the Bible say about it? Preach, I think it'll be all right if, if, if my daughter does this or my son does this. What does the Bible say about it? Well, I've got to allow them to make some decisions on their own. Where does the Bible say that? Where does the Bible say that at? So number one tonight, they're a gift, the gift of a child. It's from God, the guardianship of a child but then let me show you this number three tonight. The guidance of a child. The guidance of a child. How do we guide our children? In Psalms 127, the chapter that tells us we are guardians of God's heritage, comes to a close. It shifts to another analogy, that of an archer, a warrior who carefully crafts his arrows and then releases them in the enemy lines. Know what he said in Psalms 127, verse number four. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver, again referring to an archer full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Archers in the Bible days handcrafted their arrows with care and precision. 
a crooked shaft or a dull tear could make a life or death difference in the success of that arrow once released. The weight, balance, and straightness of the arrow shaft would determine how accurate and effective it would be in battle. As parents, we are to give attention to the upbringing of our children. We are to shape their hearts and lives and conscience carefully and biblically tonight. It's carefully and biblically. Can I say something about this tonight? The guidance of a child. They require shaping tonight. You know what a child is as soon as they're born? They're a liar. Can I say that again? A child, as soon as they are born, matter of fact, David said this, said that he was shaping in iniquity. In other words, David was a sinner the day he was born. There's two people that, that was never born. They was just created. That's Adam and Eve. They was just created out of the dust of the ground. Everybody after that was born, and every person after that was born a sinner. Did you know what? I've never, and I've said this before, and just bear with me a minute. I've never taught my children how to lie. I've never set my children down and said, all right, girls, I'm going to give you a course in line 101. If you've done that with your kids, God help you. But Brother Stan, I've never done that. But you know what my kids are tonight? Liars. They're liars. You say, hey, you know that. They've proven it. Amen. I bet if old brother Jeff was here tonight, I bet he'd say, you know what old Bailey is? He's a liar because he's proven it. I bet if brother Brent was here tonight, he would say, you know what Rachel is? She's a liar because she's proven it. I guarantee you old Jesse and Helen would say Tanya's a liar. Why? Because she's proven it. You know what old Jan and Alan would say? Old John, he never lied the first time. <laughs> say he's a liar. Why? Because he's proven it. Nobody had to teach us, Brother Lee, how to sin. We come out of our mother's womb sinning. I've said this many times. You that's got children. I think about Brother Matthew and Miss Shea back there. Got that little baby and one on the way. Has there ever been a time that just out of nowhere, Brother Matthew, little Caroline just started screaming her head off and you went in there and picked her up and she started laughing at you. You know what she was doing? She was lying. She was lying. You say, no, not sweet little. Yep, wicked little Caroline was lying. I guarantee you, If we was to talk about little Jordan sitting there tonight, that Brother Brian would say that there was a time that she has lied. You know what? I bet we could say this about our children. There's probably been times in recent days that we've caught them in a lie. My girls knows this. One sure way to get correction at the Barker's household Quickly and swiftly is to tell a lie. I can't stand a liar. Somebody say amen right there. If you can look somebody in the face and tell them a bold-faced lie, something is wrong. You either need to get right with God or get saved. 
But you know, every one of us, every one of us are sinners. So it requires shaping. Parenting requires shaping our children. That does not mean, and we're on live feed tonight, that does not mean that we beat them. I am dead set against that. If you raise your hand to a child and they draw up, something's wrong. Something's wrong. We can correct our children in the right manner. You should never correct your child when you're mad at them. Nobody told my daddy that. Nobody told my mama that. But I've come to the conclusion we shouldn't correct them when we're mad. You say, why? Because we're liable to do something that's in the flesh and not in the spirit. Somebody say amen right there. There is a time of shaping. I thought about this. Are you intentionally and biblically shaping your children? Are you helping them develop hearts for God and a foundation in His truth? Are we investing time in nurture and admonition in their lives? Are we providing godly authority by way of boundaries? You know what? Kids want boundaries. They may act like they don't, but they do. And it's up to us as parents. Man, it's quiet tonight. But it's up to us as parents. It's our responsibility to set those boundaries for our children. When they're out of our home, if they go a different way, then that's on them. But you know what the Bible said? They'll never, they'll never, they'll always remember what you taught them. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That don't guarantee that they're going to get saved and always serve God. But it does guarantee that they'll never forget what you taught them. It requires shaping, but can I say this tonight? They require direction. They require direction. When the archer draws back his string, he directs the arrow toward the target. Unfortunately, many children today are directionless. You see it in their expression, their mannerisms, their demeanors. They need a godly parent with a vision for their success to give them direction to point their hearts first to Jesus Christ and His righteousness and then to train them in the life that God would have for them. I read the other day this statement. We give direction to our children because we are training tomorrow's leaders. We are training tomorrow's leaders. It's up to us to give them the direction. It's up to us to shape them. I'm going to say something. Miss Tangs is going to come start playing softly because it's going to get real quiet when I say what I'm fixing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. One of my pet peeves is everybody getting a trophy. I mean, you go to Little League and nobody wins. You say, no, everybody wins. No, nobody wins. If it's tied up, there needs to be another ending. Somebody say amen right there. There needs to be another ending. Three strikes and sit down. Three strikes, you sit down. Four balls, you walk. 
you walk three people and you walk the fourth one and guess what? Somebody's coming home and it's a run. We're training our kids today that you just do whatever you want to. You stand on the ball field, pick your nose and eat boogers and you still get a trophy. That's what we're training our kids, Brother Josh. And we're wondering why now there's a generation standing in the middle of the interstate shutting the interstate down. We're wondering now why. I told you it was going to get. We're wondering why now there's a generation that can't hold down a job. Why? Because they've always just had everything given to them and never been taught that you're going to fail every once in a while. That there is some boundaries. That there are some things you can do and some things that you can't do. And God's gift to us is children. And as parents, it's our responsibility to be a guardian over God's heritage that He has given us and to train them in the way that they should go. Nowhere does it say that the child trains us, but that we train the child, that we teach the child. Kids need to know you can lose at some things in life. Kids needs to know that there's consequences to doing wrong. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so old school that I, I, I lived when the world was black and white, I guess. But I remember a time in school, if you didn't like somebody, you went out behind the gym, you talked it over. There wasn't a whole lot of talking took place. When you got done, you shook each other's hand, hugged each other's neck, and went to the lunchroom and ate square pieces of pizza, the best pizza that ever was. Are you with me? And you went on in life. But I'm telling you, there's a generation behind me that there's not many of them. There's not many of them that's been taught anything. It's not, hear me tonight, it's not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault. Sometimes kids, well, let's just go ahead. Is it all right, Brother Deacon, if we just go ahead tonight? Sometimes kids run through his church like a bunch of Comanche Indians. That's not the kid's fault. They're a kid. That's the parent's fault for not correcting the kids. Can I say something to you tonight? When service is over, kids don't have no business running around over in that old building. I went over there the other evening and I thought, my Lord, what is going on in here? You know what it was? It was a bunch of kids acting like a bunch of kids. Did you say, did you get mad at the kids? No, I didn't say one thing to them. You say, was it my kids? I don't know, was it? I don't have to ask you if it was my kids because I knew where they was at because God gave them to me to train. You know what a kid's reaction is, Brother Charles, after service? Go running through the parking lot out there. That's just what kids do, man. 
You know what a kid's reaction is? Go running out there in that rubber mulch and pick it up and sling it out through the parking lot. That's what kids do. But the only reason that they're not going to do that is if a parent goes, Look, Johnny, you ain't supposed to do that. And if you do that again, hey, look, we're putting a privacy fence up for a reason. Yeah, that's what I was fixing to say. We're going to put a sign in the corner over there that says, Wood Shed. And I can tell you where the camera won't pick you up at, all right? Look, Johnny, we're going to the woodshed. That's what a kid does. But kids are not brats. They're a heritage from God. That's what the Bible just told us in Psalms 127. They're a heritage from God. Kids become brats when parents tries to be their best friend instead of the parent. That's when kids become brats. That's when kids get out of hand. And God has given them to us to shape them, to build a foundation for them, and to shape them in the direction that they should go. And that's our responsibility. It's not my responsibility to raise your kids. You know what? Parents, parents so many times let them do anything that they want to. And then at 16, 17, 18 years old, they come sit down and talk to the preacher and his wife and go, you know what? I just can't do nothing with my kid. Hitler said, give me a kid to their five and I'll have them the rest of my life. If you've not got the will of your kid broke by five years old, you're in trouble. I remember the day that Madeline's wheel got broke. We was in East Bend where we lived at the time and she had all of these little toys out in the kitchen and it was supper time. And at our house, this is something you ought to try at your house if you don't do this. At our house, we have a dinner table and, and, and it's, it's this piece of furniture right outside the kitchen. And mama cooks supper. Brother Josh said that he hides Tanya's Christmas present in the oven. <laughs> but <laughs> the only reason they ever invite us over to eat supper is because Josh likes a home cooked meal about once every six years. <laughs> now come back here. No, I love Miss Tanya. She can cook good, she's got all of her mama's recipes. But watch this. It's this dinner table is this thing sitting outside of our kitchen. And every night, every evening, every evening, we go to the supper table. We sit down as a family at the supper table. And we talk about the day. What'd you do today? How'd your day go today? You learn anything at school today? Of course, Olivia and Victoria never learns anything. Madeline was like, yeah, I seen a gallbladder and I seen a kidney and I seen a liver and I seen this and I saw that. And we're all like, we're trying to eat. And this one puked and that one, we're trying to eat. Set the phones to the side. Set the phones to the side. Set the phones to the side. 
set the phones to the side, set the phones to the side, and sit down at the supper table. And we talk as a family. I want you to hear me now. I don't have a perfect family. Matter of fact, we all pretty mixed up some days in our life. But we're trying to do it according to what the Word of God teaches. It's not children's fault that we're losing them. It's parents' fault. It's not children's fault that they don't sit down at the supper table. It's the parents' fault. It's the parents' fault. Before we ever had kids, Miss Helen, me and Leslie sit down at the supper table every night. Before we ever had kids. You want me to tell you the reason why? Because at Leslie's mom and daddy's house at supper, they sit down at the supper table. And you know what? At, at my mom and daddy's house, at supper, we sit down at the supper table. And we didn't have to worry about no cell phones, but we did lay the phone off the hook. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you'd start to hear it go, burnt, 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 burnt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Laid the phone off the hook. One of the greatest things that you'll learn about your cell phone is a setting called personal. And you can choose who you get a call from or a text from. And it, it, it silences everything else. Boy, I'm telling you, when you're reading your Bible, it's great. When you're spending time with your family, it's great. Are you hearing me tonight? It's our responsibility to teach these children and to train these children. You say, well, preacher, that's not the way I was raised. Well, guess what? It's time for somebody to break the trend. It's time for somebody to say, you know what? I may not have been raised that way, but with the help of God, I'm going to raise my kid that way. And with the help of God, I'm going to teach my kid that way. And with the help of God, I'm going to raise them in the house of God, around the standards of God and the Spirit of God, singing the praises. I'm going to raise them that way. Children are a heritage, and parents, it's up to us to train the children the way that they should be.